Well, good evening, everybody. It is good to have you here today. It is, it, it's getting warm, isn't it? Hang on just a second. I'm going to see if I can get this thing shut plumb off. I don't know. Uh, somebody set the thermostats up there for 76, and when these dudes are going, you don't need those set at all. They need to be on about 60, but uh, anyway, because it pushes up, and then we put those fans on, leave the fans on and not on auto, and it circulates that pretty good. But you know, it's, it's the most comfortable down here it's been. So if it's a little warm up there, one thing about it, the, the uh, way to control the temperature is relocate. All you got to do is move down, it gets cooler, move up, it gets warmer. Well, that's all up to you, so it's an easy thing. Well, listen, we're, we're blessed to have you here today, and uh, let me ask you a question. Are you expecting? Yeah. Amen. Well, I tell you what, this looks like a crowd that... Uh, really is ready to uh, come and, and worship the Lord. We're here with uh, Jim Garling is here, uh, going to minister to us. We're excited about having him back. And so uh, we're going to go before the Lord, prepare our hearts to minister and or, uh, to receive ministry. And Mike's going to open us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to just thank you for the opportunity to gather here tonight and to hear your word proclaimed in word and in music and just help us to hide this in our hearts and just depend on it throughout the week as things may be getting the best of us so we can always lean back and lean back on you. Just be yes. with Kelly as he delivers the message and the, the songs as they are, are presented to us. Just help us again to take hold of those and to uh, c call them our own as we go through the rest of this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Well, Jim Garling is here again, as I said. Uh, he's part of the uh, Rockin' M Cowboy Church in Perkins, and uh, we're, we're blessed to have him. He came uh, to us the first time here a few months ago, I guess, and uh, so we're going to have him back. So let's give Jim a hand as he comes. In. All right. Thank you so much. You know, one of the hardest things about leading a worship service is picking a song that speaks to you. Now, for me, I've got a lot of songs that speak to me, but to pick a song that speaks to you. So what happened is, last time, if you remember, I walked through the crowd, I tried to shake everybody's hand a little bit, and I just kind of asked them, hey, what kind of song do you like? So if you don't like the songs tonight, it's y'all's fault, because they're all <laughs> songs that you said you could worship to. That's what we're trying to do here tonight. No, that's not what we're trying to do. That's what we are doing. We are using the songs that we sing, the word that Kelly's going to bring to us to worship an almighty God. So it's all right to, to clap your hands and worship the Lord, tap your foot, worship the Lord, just whatever you need to do. Put your hand in the hand of the man, still the water. Yeah. Put your hand in the hand of the man and come to see. Take a look at yourself and you will look at others differently by putting your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. Every time I look into the holy book, I want to tremble. When I read about the part where the carpenter cleared the temple For the buyers and the sellers are no different fellas than what I profess to be And it causes me pain to know I'm not the one that I should be Now everybody help us 
taken time today to actually reach out to the Lord yourself and put your hand in his hand, this is the time to do it right now. Just say, hey, Lord, Lord, I sure need you right now. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder Consider all the world thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe is made. I'll get it right here in a minute. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on that cross my burden gladly buried, he bled and died to take away my sin. 
Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. Christ shall come with shout acclamation and take me home. What joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim. My God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Jim, I tell you what, uh, what a blessing uh, he is, and, and you know, getting to Getting to sing along, I know a lot of you love that, so that's a, that's a good thing. Well, listen, uh, tonight I want to make a few announcements and, and just uh, let you know the few things going on. We are uh, helping to sponsor the uh, Extreme Bulls that will uh, ride professional bull riding uh, at the Expo this uh, coming Saturday. And so we're going to have a booth there. We've uh, chosen to uh, take them and support them. And as we're doing that, we are... Um, uh, getting an opportunity to uh, sow seeds into the lives of, of individuals, get, get our name out there a little bit more. It'll be good advertising for us as well as I'm going to get to do the prayer at the beginning of the event. And so uh, looking forward to that. The, the man come out here to the sale barn. I happen to be out here and he was out here getting uh, Dakota is one of the major sponsors as well and for the livestock. So anyway, just uh, let you know about that. That's at 7 p.m. Uh, 7.30 p.m., and if you need tickets, uh, I think you can check at the Expo. There's something on our Facebook page if you need information there. Uh, I don't know price or anything. Also, uh, we have added this office area up here, and I don't know if anybody like, likes to paint and would like to volunteer to, to paint that before we do the trim work. Uh, and then after we get it painted, if somebody, Linda wants to do it. Okay, Larry, Larry <laughs> okay, he was, he was volunteering uh, her. But uh, anyway, we'll get it done if we, if we if, but if there's somebody that just likes to do that, as long as you don't want to do it on a Thursday during the sale, uh, a good day, there, there's an opportunity there for somebody to volunteer and serve. It's only really uh, two walls in there and then on the inside and outside. So it's not a large amount of area. And the trim's not on, so it's not mask, you know, not a lot of masking or anything. 
And then if there's any trim carpenters, I can do it, and Willie can do it, and some of us can do it, but it was, it's a, it'd be a blessing if somebody can do some easy trim work. It's nothing super fancy, just a little, little easy to do stuff. So, all right, just wanted to let you uh, know about an opportunity to serve. Uh, you might, uh, we want to always thank the Enid Livestock Market for allowing us to use this building, and what a blessing it is. So let's give Dakota and Clarissa a, a hand. Thank you. Any livestock market. Uh, this uh, they have run a lot. This is kind of the spring run. Cattle coming off of wheat, the big yearling calves, and and they've run. Uh, I think like uh, eight, close to eight thousand head in the last couple of weeks. Probably got another uh, two thousand, uh, maybe maybe possibly twenty five hundred, but at least two thousand this week on Thursday. It'll come through here, and so uh, this time of year, and then it'll probably tri trickle off a little bit for the the remainder of the summer until well May. There's usually another run off of graze out uh, wheat, but uh, but the big big runs are right now, and so. That's a blessing. You'll notice there's some offering buckets around, and, and I, I want to share a scripture about uh, concerning the offering. You know, there's, there's one of the chapters in Deuteronomy that I love to go to, and it talks about, uh, from Deuteronomy chapter 28, it talks about the blessing of the Lord that comes as a result of being obedient to God. Now, you know, when, when I think about uh, our giving and our, our sowing seed or our giving, our tithe and offerings to God, when we do it out of an obedient heart, you know, we've related the scripture out of Philippians. It talks about if you're a, a, a willing giver, he, he wants us to be willing to give. He wants us to do it abundantly and to sow abundantly. As we sow abundantly, we do what? We reap abundantly. And so uh, it's all in correlation, not to the amount that you give, but what you have. You know, I was thinking about that. If if you just compare that to what you make a month, some of you may make, uh, you know, a thousand dollars a month and your tithe would be a hundred dollars. If you did, if you just use the the ten percent, but then if you make ten thousand a month, then you're what a thousand dollars a month. Now that's a bigger check, but but let me ask you something: Is a thousand dollar check any harder to write for the person who makes a ten thousand dollar, or or is it just about the same? See, it's about the same. It's that percentage of what we make, and it's that challenge to us either way. When it's a big check, it's it's hard because it's a big check. Maybe. Until you start to get the understanding of what the return is, the blessing that when we do give and we're obedient to say, God, what I have is yours, you've blessed me and I want to bless back. Part of that is an obedience to that. He says in verse 1, he says, Now it shall, be, it shall come to pass that if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations, that all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, whenever you teach Old Testament or read Old Testament, you can say, oh, that's Old Testament. That's, you know, he's talking to the children of Israel. That doesn't, that doesn't pertain to me. Or you can just understand the, uh, have the idea and the understanding that when you filter that through the new covenant and you ask yourself, okay, what parts of that can we bring, do we bring with us into the new covenant? Well, see, I, I know that God still demonstrates blessing in the, New, in the New Testament, right? He still honors those that are obedient, right? And so we, He also, Jesus taught that how He talked about that He would take care of our daily needs. He said, you know, He takes, he clothes the, 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 takes care of the sparrow. He takes care of the fields. He, he, he's also going to take care of your needs. 
So when we bring that idea and that mindset, okay, God, if I'll, if I'll obey you, follow you, trust you, honor you with my wealth or with what you provide me with, that the blessing of the Lord comes on me. And you know what he says? He says, you'll be blessed going in, and you'll be blessed in those next few verses, you'll be blessed coming out. You'll be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. He'll, he said he'd bless your cattle. He said, he'll bless, in other words, your business, your livelihood. He said he would bless your home. He'd bless your storehouse, and he'd bless everything you set your hand to. Well, you know what? That's what I want. And so I follow that principle of God, everything I have is yours. And I'm going to be obedient to you, so I'm going to follow you in, in my giving. I'm not, going to get, I'm not going to begin to withdraw because of what I see out here. I'm going to put my trust in you. You know, I can just tell you, uh, if you, if you I, I'm driving, you, if, you, if you see what I'm driving tonight, I'm driving my little, my daughter is, is gone on vacation with Sue and our oldest daughter, and so I'm driving her car. You know why? Because it gets 27 miles a gallon and my pickup gets eight. All right, my bit, my big feed pickup. Now I drove it this morning to men's Bible study too. I didn't have to feed cattle today, so I, I didn't need that big pickup. So I drove the little one. There's nothing wrong with being wise in when gas prices are are like they are. How many of you spent a hundred dollars at the gas pump in one fill up? But if you got a big pickup, you sure enough have. But here's the thing. I don't get my eyes on how hard it is going to be. I get my eyes on how big my God is, and I keep doing what I've done so that God can sustain me in the same way. I don't withdraw from the place where the blessing is. I remain obedient in my giving. So I put my trust. I say, okay, God, as I give, I'm not afraid. I'm not fearful I'm putting it into the hands of you so that you can bless me going in and coming out. You're going to provide for me in all that I do. You're going to give me wisdom where I need to adjust. You're going to get, you're going to get you know, I, I mean, my daughter's car was sitting there. I never even think about going out the front door. I go out over here, and that's where I park. I almost walked out without even taking advantage. That's a blessing. Thank you, Lord. I saved $12 or whatever it would have been driving out here from my house to, in my pickup. What a blessing. And see, that's some of how God will bless us. It's not always with piles of money, more money. Many times it's with wisdom of how to do better with what we have. Well, listen, I just want to challenge you with that. Give with intent and understanding and do it in faith. Say, Lord, as I give, I'm trusting you. You're my source. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank and praise you that, that Lord, we, we do have a, a covenant with you. And, Lord, that covenant is your provision. That covenant is, it, it has within it the, the promise that if we entrust our finances to you, that, Lord, you meet our need. Lord, I know there's people in this place that would say, Lord, I, I feel the pinch. I feel the pressure. I feel it. Lord, take care of my needs. And I know also what your word says, that if we do and are obedient where our giving is concerned, that you bless it. And Lord, we want to operate in faith. And as we give, as we sow, as we entrust it to you, that Father, we know that you make a way, you provide in, in abundant ways. And so Lord, I thank you and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Well, listen, uh, if you want to do the uh, the giving or the helping with the... the uh, Painting, just let me know. Um, you, can, you can catch me or catch Whitney up there uh, who's operating up there. But anyway, let's, let's get into the Word tonight. And I want to share from the, from the Word of God 
Uh, we've been talking about knowing who you are, and uh, this will be part three, but I, I, you could just about just define this in today as, as uh, freedom in Christ, because that's really what I want to get to. I don't want to do a, bunch of, uh, a whole lot of recap, but I, I want to remind you, let's go to Romans chapter 12. I am going to jump off at this one verse that we've taken apart in the last two weeks. I think it's so important that we get a hold of this and remember this. If there was somebody not here, if you didn't get here, wasn't watching uh, or didn't listen the last couple of weeks, I challenge you to go back. You can go back on our ctcenid.com. By the way, you can you can do about anything you need to do through that website. Uh, you can find that there. I forget about that sometimes when I'm doing uh, announcements. But you can also go back and watch the, the old sermons. And, and you can re-listen to the Word. But we talked about this in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And he says, For I say to you th through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think of himself soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith, or the measure of faith, depending on your translation. But we, we notice that he said something that we sometimes misunderstand. And I want to say what he didn't say was not to think highly of yourself. You know, I, I emphasize this. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but I think it's so critical because some people think they feel like that in order to be humble, we got to think less of ourselves. We, we, they think of it, in order to be, to be godly is to, is to almost to cut yourself down or, or to bring yourself low or bring yourself down. He said not to think of yourself more highly than you ought. In other words, don't get into pride. Pride's the destructive force, but a good, strong self-image and knowing who we are in Christ and knowing that we're somebody because we're His is what's key. You know, we, we can't allow ourselves to be consumed by just what people think of us or, or just how people respond to us. we got to know who we are because there are going to be times in our life when life will beat us down, your choices, you ever, you ever made a bad choice but then did something that cost you big? You, you ever done something that, that was a, a thing that held on and, and gave you a temporarily or maybe for a long time a bad name or a bad title that you had to carry because of something that you did? Well, listen, there are times when, when, when things like that put us down. There's also times when people... You ever work with somebody or maybe family members or somebody that is constantly bringing out every flaw you have to hold you down or to beat you down? Now, here's the thing. That's not where God wants you. God wants us to absolutely know and have confidence in who we are in Christ Jesus. He wants us to know and understand that because of Him, we're new creation. And we talked about that, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If we're in Christ, we're a new creation. That, our spirit man is somebody new. And so the, the person who was weak and the, 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 the flaws and all of those things, man, we get, we get born again, and then things begin to change. It begins to transform us. And, and we talked about the fact that we, we've got to identify with the fact that we're redeemed we're redeemed from what? The curse. One of the things I like about Deuteronomy 28 is it spends 14 verses talking about the blessings, and then I don't know how many verses are in the rest of that chapter, but a bunch talking about the curse that comes from disobedience or rejecting God. But that's what we've been redeemed from is all those curses. 
See, we begin to think about how our life, we need to understand that what the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, what He paid for, involved. It, more than just salvation, more than just eternal security, but also a life now. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and life more abundant. So He wants us to have a life now that's good. Didn't mean, I'm not saying, that we won't have trouble. I'm not saying that there won't be storms and challenges and, and difficulty at times. But He's there with us to walk us through that. And we shouldn't have to experience things the same as the world does. Because we're transformed, we're changed. There's something different about us. And so we begin to identify with, with, as redeemed, and we begin to identify with, with us ourselves as seeing us forgiven. And I used the, the Scripture that we won't turn to, but if you're taking notes, you can write down Ephesians 1-7, and it talks about that. You can really take the whole first chapter of the book of Ephesians and just read all of the things that God says about us. He, he says that, that uh, we're also, Romans uh, 8.37 says that we're more than a conqueror. And then remember we spent some time a, a week ago or so uh, in 1 John 4, 4 talking about that the greater one lives in the inside of us. We begin to identify with and realize that because of Christ... We are now the, the one who is able to house the, uh, uh, have the Holy Spirit living in, inside us. And so we are now have the greater one. And, and it, it's related by the Apostle Paul and by, by the Apostle John that, that the greater one, the power of God is available to us by the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in us when we're born again and when we've received Him. So that's part of who and how we want to identify but I want to get to uh, I want to get to this this part number six and and I, I skipped over even the the number five but we're just going to stay with number six and talk about our freedom in Christ because I, I I haven't taught this yet as I began to think about moving on from from this message and starting something new the Holy Spirit just I'm, I I took my nap which is my my this is how you get spiritual on Tuesdays you got to take a nap that's an important part of preparing for any sermon is you got to take a nap especially if you're preaching in the evening. And so I, I, I took my nap, and uh, I woke up, and as I was waking up from my nap, the first things I heard, that, that's why you take a nap. You shut your mind down about all the things that you're thinking about, and you allow your, uh, you pray as you're falling asleep, and then the Holy Spirit wakes you up speaking a word usually for, for me, and I began to give me my direction for what to add to this. Let's, let's look at 1 John. We were there earlier and just referenced, but go back to the back of the, of the Bible, 1 John. Um, and I want us to go to chapter 4 again. We've, we talked about 4.4, 4, but we're going to look at some other verses here. Because there's something that happens <clears throat> when, when we get free in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not going to make an exhausted list or examples of all the ways that we're free in Christ Jesus. But understand something, that the devil in his stealing of our, of our walk with God, or, our, or the enjoyment of our walk with God, he keeps us bound in so many ways. He wants us to, we need to be free in, in God, in Christ. Doesn't mean free to just do anything and live any old way, but it does mean free to enjoy all that God has for us. And we look at verse 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And you say, well, I thought you were talking about freedom. 
Well, see, there's, there, is a, a, there is something that takes place when we get in Christ and we understand who we are in Christ is we all of a sudden begin to see the world differently. And we begin to and be able to walk in love. Now you say, what's so freeing about walking in love? I'm no longer walking with a critical eye towards people. And you know, it takes a lot of effort to walk around judging everybody. It takes a lot of energy to, to pick everybody apart. It takes, a, it takes a lot, and it even takes muscles in your face because you can't do it with a smile. You know, they say it takes more muscles to frown and to scowl. You know, there's a saying I say, if your dog tired at the end of the day, could have been because you, you was growling at everybody you saw. You know, you got to ask yourself sometimes, what is my face doing? How, how, what is my expression I mean, there's times, and, and I do this sometimes, I catch myself in this, in this intense, and, and, you, and you see how my posture is? You, you get intense, and what do you do? You start hunching up, and you, no wonder I'm always, I mean, I'm tight in my neck, and I need to relax. It's just so freeing when we just chill a little bit. Be a little more chill, as the kids would say. So I told them Sunday, I said, I'm just, I just decided, Max, I'm going to be a little more chill. I'm just going to relax a lot more. I'm, I'm not going to get lazy. I'm not going to quit working. I'm not going to quit being about my stuff, but I'm going to quit worrying about as many things. Well, you know, I already worry about a whole lot less at my age now than I did when I was 40. You know, isn't it amazing how we just turn loose of a lot of things sometimes? But we can also still hold on to a lot of things. See, if we choose to walk in love and we allow the love of God to be at work in us, all the rest of our life will, will be transformed. We'll begin to go through life. It's a whole lot easier to smile when you've already made a choice before that person pulls out in front of you. Before that person, you know, you, you ever, I, I'm usually kind of at a fairly fast, fast pace going through the store. The other day I am at Atwood's. And I'm choosing, you know, on the way walking there, you can see the, the lines on the way there. And I'm choosing which one I'm going to get in, which one's the fastest, which one's the shortest. And you know where this is going probably already. And I'm headed to the one and I'm thinking, okay, let's see. This guy's got three items. This guy's doing feed. This girl's had, pro you know, she can't get it figured out. And so I'm headed and then I, I get in this line and then I realize and this person's just fixing to, they, they leave. So I jump lines. Well, the guy wasn't actually leaving. He was going over to put his card up or do something. I don't know what he was doing. I was like, dude, you faked me out. <laughs> because what happened was there was another guy doing what I was doing. As soon as I slipped out of that line, boy, he's right up in there. And that guy checked out and he's in line. I'm thinking, oh, man. I'm all, you know, I didn't really make that big a deal out of it on that day. But I have made a big deal out of it before not being rude or anything. Just inside me, I'm all, oh, man. Is that really something to worry about? You know, did it really? I mean, you, you know, you know, uh, you, you, you know why men on a road trip do not like to stop. It's because all those people they work so hard to pass and catch up with them. <laughs> and that's for me. I don't know about how many of the rest of you drive that way, but that's me. <laughs> I guarantee you. I, I recognize all them cars. Doggone it. I passed that person. What is it? I'm having to pass him for the third time on this six-hour drive. What is the deal? 
I guess slow and steady wins the race. But you know what? We're all t tied up over things we wouldn't have to be tied up in. But you know what? It's, it's one of the major factors I think that sometimes we miss is just the simplicity of walking in the love of God. If we'll just choose to make that our choice. You know, here's a, here's a statement. We, we can choose love. We can choose to make no occasion to justify hatred and no, allow no injustice to warrant bitterness. That's what the power of God will free us to do, is we're going to let stuff go. We're going to let that, that irritating daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, mother-in-law, we'll just say it, and we'll say in-laws, because I'm not thinking of my family. I am, I am blessed, actually, that my, my, our family all gets along. We, we really do get along. But you know, there's, there's times that, that either a family or, or maybe a, a co-worker, you know, somebody who irritates you, somebody you got to be around. <laughs> Hopefully it's not your spouse. Uh, but if it is, you know, hey, <laughs> it can be. And I'll tell you, I'll give you, I'll give you examples. You know, there's times when my, my wife, I mean, you know, there's things about her. She's as perfect as she is. She's not here tonight, but, but as perfect as she is, as y'all think she is. I bet she's tuned in. Yes, she probably, <laughs> sorry, honey. <laughs> Uh, but, but in, in all, of, all of those things, there are things we can always find that are wrong. We can find, you know, she doesn't do, uh, Donna was asking me, said, do you take your clothes, does your wife iron your clothes? I said, uh, no. <laughs> we take them to the cleaners. I said, as soon as we could afford, as soon as we got to where, well, I mean, now finally we just said, look, honey, we're going to have to get this in the budget to get this done. Well, well you know what? She's very good about picking my stuff up. But every once in a while, you know, she's like, you know, I, I need jeans, man. You know, I can only wear these so many times. You got to go to the cleaners. You need to pick these up. I don't act like that anymore. I used to. I used to make a big deal out of it. You know what I do if I don't have any starched ones? I just go get my ones that are the best ones that aren't starched. Put them on. Look happy. Go to church. Don't worry about it. You know, a lot of times, but it, it made me, it, 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 we had to make a choice to love. We're gonna, I'm going to love her with everything I love about her, and I'm going to love everything, even in the areas that I, that, I, that I struggle with. And you know what the wonderful thing is? Is it, it, what transformed all of that for us was understanding that love is a choice, but in large part. In fact, uh, I want you to look at, uh, you can hold your place there, we're going to come back there. But look at, look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, we, we identify where love it comes from. And we're talking about a different kind of love. It's not like, you know, I love football or I love my, you know, my dog or I love my, you know, my, my hobbies or I, you know, I love, you know, cheesecake. It, it's not that kind of love or I love my best friend. It's an agape love, which is a different kind of love. But he says in verse 5 of, of, of Romans 5.5, 5, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So here's the thing. You say, you, you, you might be thinking, boy, I wish I could love like that. You might be thinking, well, well golly, I, I, I'd like to be able to do that. Let me ask you something. Are you born again? Have you made Jesus Lord? 
Because if you've made Jesus Lord, it's in you by virtue of Romans 5.5. 5, it's poured out. It's shed abroad, the King James says, in our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit. That means it's in there. And, but if it's not at the surface or not influencing everything that we do, or we're struggling to walk in it, who's the problem? It means we are. It means, but here, here's the wonderful news. You can change. Remember what I teach about uh, Philippians 4.13? We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. The same, remember, we, we identified the last few weeks, the greater one lives within us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Is there any limit to him? If he's in you and the Holy Spirit is in you and the love of God, then the love of God is in you and it can come out, meaning you can change so you can make a choice and a decision. Say, God, I'm going to entrust this to you. See, because here's the thing. The devil will come to steal our freedom that, God, that Christ paid for us to have simply by getting us into a place of bitterness, a place of, of uh, bound, bound up because we can't re let anything go. You see, I don't care what the, what the thing is that, that people have done or the thing that that person does. You know, just making that choice, and it'll be a process. You'll fall down and get up, fall down and get up, fall down and get up. The important thing is, is you keep getting up. Is every time you allow that thing to, to get a hold of you again, and I'm back to, boy, I mean, you know, your old jaws will hurt. You get tense, you get, because you grit, you can't, you can't hold bitterness and almost, you got to grit your teeth and you got to tense up. But if you relax and turn it over to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to, I, you know what this means? I surrender. You can say, God, I surrender it to you. You're going to have to help me, Lord, because I don't want to forgive. You, you can be honest with God. <laughs> he, he, he's not shocked. You say, God, I don't want to, but I want to want to. God, change my want to. That's a yieldedness that puts us in a position to walk in the freedom that he's bought and paid for us. See, he wants you to be free. He's not wanting them to get off scot-free. But understand something. It's not our responsibility to hold everybody accountable. It's not our responsibility to make them all do it right. I got relatives, I got kids, I got people that in my life that don't do it all just right, the way I want them to. You know, I want them to all just be just like me until, you know, <laughs> until we butt heads and the one daughter that is the most like, I mean, we are, we've done the personality deals and all that, we're just like each other and boy, now it's a good thing we live a long ways apart. Now we love each other. Because we live a long ways apart. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing. There's so many things that we hold on to that we, we keep bound up in. Let me read this agape love. The definition out of the, 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 this Bible has my, a little section here that gives us this Greek word, what agape love means. This is the God kind of love. It means uh, Christianity gave a new meaning Outside of the New Testament, it rarely occurs in existing Greek manuscripts of that period. So in other things, things that aren't talking about God's love, you don't see this word. Agape denotes an undefeatable benevolence, an un unconquerable goodwill that always seeks the highest good of the other person. Now think about that. An undefeatable benevolence... 
an unconquerable goodwill that always seeks the good of the other person. You know, this is what say, one of the things that truly saved Sue and I's marriage. You know, we, 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 we were married as just kids, out of, just out of high school. High school sweethearts, we fell in love. We couldn't live without it. We didn't have anything else. So it was a good thing we loved each other, right? But once we started living together, man, I mean, she is so hard-headed. And I mean, I was really, I mean, it was, <laughs> and I was, I was selfish and all, all we, we laugh about all that now. But it was serious. But you know what we did? We went before God. And I went before God and I said, God, we, we can't live like this. Not going to live like this. Too young to live like this. This is not going to work. Show me what we got to do. And I don't remember who the preacher was. I don't know. I don't remember where we found this. Maybe we were both following, and I think we, I'm pretty sure we were following the same devotion, but we didn't do it together. We were do, doing this devotion separately, but we both came before God and we found the, where this principle came true that God, agape love, chooses to do just that. We're going to have unconquerable goodwill towards the other person. That God, I'm going to love her in spite of the fact that she didn't do this or she doesn't do that. She, she looked and, and she chose to love me when I was being a jerk or whenever I was being, you know, not meeting her need. I didn't get my need met, my peace, my, I, my confidence, all that I was from her. She didn't get it all from me. We got it from God. And when we allow God to work in our lives like that, those relationships begin to be different. Doesn't matter how long you've been married. Doesn't matter how long you've been around somebody. Everything can be transformed with that understanding right there. When we set aside our own what I need first... That's what it's saying. It's saying, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the goodwill to the other. I'm going to give her that place. You know, there was a story I, I, I thought uh, uh, there was this old couple that had been, been married for years, like I think 65 years. They were well up in years in, in age, obviously. And, and uh, they were there on their, on their doing the thing they'd done every morning and for all these years. And, and he, they, they made the toast and... and uh, he put the toast in and he would always do the toast and he'd pull it out and, and, and butter it for her. And uh, he did the same thing he'd always done. He pulls the toast out and she's making the eggs and the bacon and, and they're sitting down together and he, he offers her the toast and she just breaks down and cries. She's just weeping, just crying. And he's like, well, honey, what, what, what in the world's wrong? And she says, you don't love me. And he says, what do you mean I don't love you? She said, all these years, and on, my, and on our anniversary, and you give me the heel for the toast. And you know what he said? He said, well, honey, that's my favorite piece. Well, you know, <laughs> that's kind of like some of your, you, you all, I hope you communicate better than that. But how many times do we just assume? How many times do we miss it? How many times do we not realize? Because we don't communicate that. But here was this situation where he thought he was doing everything right. <laughs> yeah, men, you ever, have you ever been caught in that? I thought I was doing right. I mean, didn't have a clue. You know, it's, it's funny. Sometimes, here's one of the things that the love of God, this kind of love does 
It gives you the freedom and the trust to share your honest feelings and, and not be afraid. In fact, look at, at back over there in, in uh, 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse, uh, I believe it's, uh, let me get there, 4, 18 and 19. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears is not been, has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Understand that fear is cast out, driven out by the perfect love of God. See, the perfect love of God says, I'm going to... I'm going to prefer this other person. I'm going to, I'm going to give them room. I'm going, to, I'm going to bless them regardless of what I get out of it. When, when we quit trying to worry about what we were going to get and, and worrying about, see, perfect love casts out the fear of not getting what you want. It was amazing how that transformed our marriage. When, when, when I quit, we quit, both of us quit worrying about competing for how we were going to get ours. What are, we going to, what are we going to get out of this? Well, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And there's a certain amount of fun bartering or exchanging that you can do. But in, in, in the heart of hearts, how, how does that work? Well, listen, I've got I to begin to wrap this up. I want to, I want to share uh, another thing that that leads into that a freedom that Christ provides, and that is that freedom from fear, uh, it'll have no power over us any longer. That'll free us to give. That'll free us to trust. It'll free us to be in so many different ways. It'll also enable us, and I'll close with this, but it'll also frees us to live differently. Look at uh, John chapter 16, the Gospel of John, back over in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, John chapter 16, and I'm, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Translation. So rich, a lot more words, but you can turn there and kind of follow along. If you don't own an own a, uh, Amplified Translation, I suggest you, you buy one, even if you just get a hardback or paperback. They're not that expensive, but a cool, cool translation to have as an additional translation. But it says in John uh, 16.33 out of the Amplified, he says, I have told you these things so that in me, talking about Jesus, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Well, I tell you what, that right there gives us an idea of, the, of a different way that we can live when we walk in who we are in Christ Jesus, when we walk in the freedom that He provides. It's not the freedom to do and say anything we want. It's the freedom to receive and walk in all that God has for us. It's the freedom to live differently. That we can, we can even in the midst of this world that brings tri tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, we can know that He gives us perfect peace and confidence because, and, and we can be of good cheer because He's, he's, he's uh, overcome the world. He's deprived it of its power to harm us and, to con and He's conquered it for us. Well, I'll tell you what. 
When we understand, we identify with who we are in Christ Jesus and all He's provided for us, it gives us a freedom to live in the love of God, free from the fear of God, and to live differently than the rest of the world. What a blessing it is to live like that. Amen? I believe you can take this to work with you. You can take this home with you. You can apply this to everyday, all-day life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight, and, and Lord, we just thank you and we praise you that you are at work in our lives. Father, we just praise you and we thank you that, that it's because of your love for us that you sent Jesus to die for us. That, Father, in the midst of this world that we live in that's in many ways evil and in, in, in many ways very difficult and in many ways hopeless, we have hope in you. And Father, we thank you that you died for us to give us the right to be children of God and to walk in the freedom that, that Jesus provided. Father, you gave us the ability to walk in, in, and in the experience of your love towards us and the freedom of the love that goes out towards man. God, I pray that we would just grab hold of that so that we no longer hold on to judgment and bitterness. We no longer hold people uh, in contempt. Father, no matter the love of God says, no matter what you do, I'm going to love you. I'm going to, be, I'm going to be free from all those negative forces. And I'm going to walk in the peace and the contentment and the joy and the rest that you provide, Lord. Father, I pray that each person here will just analyze their life and, and say, Lord, I, want, I need to be there. I want to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to choose the freedom that you provide. I'm going to choose to walk in the love that I know is on the inside of me. And Father, wherever I struggle, you can make this your prayer. Father, wherever I struggle, the Holy Spirit's going to make up the difference. So Father, I praise you and I thank you that you're at work in the lives of these people tonight. And if there's anybody who's never experienced the, the, the awe of the love of God in the person of Jesus Christ and has never made Him Lord, I pray tonight that they would make that choice and that decision. If they're here in this building, I pray that they'd, that they'd choose in their heart to say tonight, yes, Lord, I want to receive you as my, as my personal Lord and Savior. And if you're watching online, whether it's right now, this is live, or years from now, months from now, later this evening, the Father God, I pray that they would be able to pray this prayer to say, Heavenly Father, I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord. Heavenly Father, I, I receive the gift of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And if you can say that in your heart of hearts, the Bible says that when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. And I pray, Father, that as they pray that prayer to receive Jesus, say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Make me new. When we pray that prayer, we can receive Christ. And if they do that, I pray that they would make contact with us. Father, I pray that each and every one of us would take this message and live it, walk it, receive it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You know, we have a time of prayer. Uh, we're going to go up and, and some of us will go up and pray. The rest of you can stay and enjoy Jim as he comes and ministers. If you, if you need prayer for anything, you can meet us at the top.
You can also, if you're online, you can contact us. You can message Whitney or you can message us through uh, the different ways. And we'd love to pray with you, love to reach out to you. If you need encouragement and strength, you can receive it on a daily basis. Uh, but Father, uh, the, the, God, the God and Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ is there with you. So we'll be there for you as we can. Let's give Jim Garling a hand and as he comes to minister to us some more in song. If you need prayer, come on. One, two, yeah. The songs we're going to sing are not just words. They're not just chords on a guitar. The songs that we are going to sing can have a special meaning in your heart. Now they can be joyful. Sometimes I sing songs and they they're make me weep. But they are songs that we think about the Lord, think about who we are in the Lord, what we're doing for the Lord. Back in the 20s, there was a guy named A.P. Carter. A.P. Carter. He was married to a lady called Mother Maybell. Anybody remember those names? And he did lots and lots of gospel songs. And one of the songs that he wrote was a song called, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Originally was a really slow song. And he actually wrote it for a friend who had passed away. And of course that makes sense, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? But as I look around my own little church, I wonder, oh Lord, will the circle be unbroken? As I look at my family, I think, oh my gosh, Lord, I don't want this circle to be unbroken. So I want to sing that song. If you know the chorus parts of it, I would, I would ask you to sing along with it. But there's a little catch to it. I want you to be thinking also about that one person that you know that may not be in the circle. And what it is that I can do or you can do in my circle and your circle to make sure that they are in the circle, okay? Will the circle be unbroken? I was standing by my window on a cold, cloudy day when I saw that hearse come rolling, oh, to carry my mother away. Well, I told that undertaker, Lord, Lord, undertaker, Please drive slow for that body you are carrying. Lord, I hate to see it go. Will the circle be unbroken, Lord, by and by, by and by? There's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, oh, Lord, in the sky. 
Well, I told that undertaker, undertaker, oh, please drive slow for that body you are carrying. Well, I hate to see her go. Well, I walked slowly behind her. I tried to hold up and be brave. But I could not hide my sorrow when they laid her in the grave. Will the circle be unbroken, Lord, Lord? By and by, by and by, oh, by and by. There's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. I went back home, my home was lonely, I miss my mother, oh, she was gone, all my brothers, sisters crying, in a house, all alone, will the circle be unbroken, by and by, oh Lord, by and by. There's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sign. Now here's the verse. We sing songs of our childhood, hymns of faith that made us strong. Ones that mother, she had taught us Hear the angels, oh, sing along. Will the circle be unbroken? By and by, Lord, by and by. There's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. There's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as we uh, think about that song, I know for myself, I've stood at some funerals at the age of 73. Oh, Lord, maybe I should have opened my mouth a little more. Don't know for sure. Maybe I should have. I'm waiting at the gate, looking for my ride. Soon to take me to home on high. Angel bands are coming from the other side. Yeah, the Lord sees me waiting at the gate. I can hear the thunder, my time's at hand. Joy bells ringing in the promised land. Jesus is a coming, my soul to take. Yeah, the Lord sees me waiting at the gate. Well, I'm leaving this world, no more to do. All of my work on earth is through. I fought the fight, I've kept the faith. 
I'm ready to go, he's ready to go, he's waiting at the gate. And I can hear the thunder, my time's at hand. Joy bells ringing in the promised land. Jesus is a coming, my soul to take. Yeah, the Lord sees me waiting at the gate. Yeah, the Lord sees me waiting at the gate.